0: Holy crap, it has been a long time. There's dust on my microphone. (laughs) Okay, ready? Ready for this one? Yeah. And we are back. Yeah. It has been three months, four months?
1: It feels like years.
0: My voice can keep going up, five
1: months? (laughs) (laughs) Not much higher, things will
0: break. Well, it has not been longer than five months. We took, I would say, a lot of time. Uh, yeah, it really has been three or four months because we had international research programs in Q4 that had me on the road for a very long time. Yeah. And then we had our winter holiday break, which then we closed the studio. And it's really been, yeah, it's been quite a hectic time back in uh, Q4 in October, November, December for Raft. And we just had to take a little bit of leave. We wanted to rejostle the format here, tighten things up. Yeah. But now we're back.
1: Yeah. We can't leave you guys without new content. Although I'm sure, you know, for, for most
0: people, they'll have that little notification. They'll say, are you still interested in this podcast? Because you haven't listened to it in a very long time. And the <laughs> correct answer is always yes. You are still
1: interested. Always yes. Now we started out. They don't have that button. They're, always yes. No, <laughs> we started out two years ago? I think so.
0: I mean, we're. All, well, I don't know what we're at, episode 80 or something. We started out like two years ago, and we were very, very rambly. Then we really tightened things up. Before we took this, this sort of long-winded hiatus, we were going through different topics that we were learning about through Raft, through running a design consultancy, and now we're actually going to return a little bit to our roots and go back to topical news of the week, looking at it through a design and strategy viewpoint, and just giving a little assessment on that, what's going on each
1: week. It needs to be more ranty. We're designers. We have an opinion about anything. We claim that we can improve everything, so let's let's put the deed with the word.
0: Oh, I'm ready to rant. I'm ready to ignore <laughs> political correctness. I'm
1: ready to—what's
0: the rating that we get that we have because we don't use curse words? That's out the door, too. Every, everything's <laughs> I,
1: gone now. I, I forgot to bring my beeper.
0: Perfect. Our first topic, because we're going to check out two topics today. One of them is, uh, of course, we're starting a new year. We can't not talk about our favorite topic, which is Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg's pledge for 2019. And then we're going to touch a little bit on AT&T's, AT&T and what was the other? Ring.
1: Ring. Ring
0: security aspects for what we're seeing in the US, especially since we have GDPR over in Europe. So Facebook. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the greatest thing ever. So I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to us is very aware that in 2018, Facebook continued to stumble along. They had a few incidences, we'll say. Yes, yes, some problems. They're still reeling from the election situation that happened several years ago now. They've never really recuperated from that. But then also what's been interesting is over the past few years, they have seen a decline in user-generated content. So you see a lot more sharing over user-generated content. And what we saw in the last earnings call from Facebook is they're noticing more people moving to more private activity than public activity. Exactly.
1: So. You, you don't share your photos on Facebook anymore, like baby photos and stuff. They're moving into WhatsApp groups. People want to share them only with the people that they want to share them with.
0: Or closed communities on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are happening here. But what we want to touch on specifically is Zuckerberg's pledge for 2019. You can go read this, and I do encourage everybody to go read this on his uh, Facebook page. Because for those of you who don't know, he takes a goal every year for himself, as he so uh, lovely articulates at the top of this post. Yeah, sort of he's very proud of it. To- toot my own horn. Uh, but this year, he is going to hold a series of public conversations around the future of technology with different people, which I'm hoping, I am hoping... To whatever God we pray to, it is not just in San Francisco, but that is what I am so worried about because this is one of the biggest problems I think Facebook has. Not only Facebook, but just companies in San Francisco and in general, they don't get out of that bubble. And We've talked about that
1: before. That's also why people speak about tone deafness. Somehow, whatever comes from, from Silicon Valley is by Silicon Valley for Silicon Valley.
0: And you think to yourself, well, how are we going to relate this to design? Well, as a company that just spent last year, half of last year on the road for international research in the EU, in the UK, in the US for three different clients, I have to tell you that I learned it like, I don't consider myself part of the Silicon Valley sort of uh, uh, technocrats. Uh, You know, I lived in Seattle for a long time, but living over here, I, I consider that I know the common man or the common woman. Yeah. But man, when you go out on the road and you really get invested, and this is in you know very developed countries with great economies, you learn still how different your approach and your understanding of technology is versus people who use technology day-to-day and the people who we design for. Yeah. And you realize how far advanced your, your technology skills are and your understanding is above normal people.
1: And I, I have to say, you're hoping that the conversations would take place Across the U.S. But. No,
0: I'm hoping they take place across the world. Exactly. I like one of my one of the one of the lines in his uh, in his post was talking about how what can we do for AI not replacing jobs but creating jobs, and I go to conference after conference that talks about AI replacing jobs, but that's okay uh, because you know we're going to create new jobs for people who need to program AI. Yeah. I got news for you. There's you know a lot of continents and areas like Africa and uh, I know Southeast Asia is not a continent so I want to you know say that but these two, these areas India Southeast Asia China Africa Latin America where there is still not a level of technology understanding that people are just going to jump into AI programming jobs yeah and so I I want people to have conversations with these developing markets to understand their needs and that, that to me is, is if he can't do that, or if, if you know Facebook can't do that, with 2.2 billion, 2.3 billion, whatever it is, there's only 3 billion, 3.2 billion people connected to the internet, and you got two-thirds of them, yeah. you better start looking globally and not just in your
1: country, not just nationally. And I, I hope 80% of, of the conversation is inbound, is information from these people that he's going to be talking to. Because when you do an interview, you as the interviewer shut up. You give a push- left and right every now and then when your interviewee stops talking. But for the rest, you're there just for soaking up information, for understanding.
0: Well, speaking of questions, let's ask you a question right now because, you were one of the people on the road so much last year. Yeah. And what's, I mean... What surprised you with going, you went through the U.S., you're not from the U.S., what surprised you the most with hitting
1: the middle of America and looking at their technology usage? Uh, What surprised me the most is is how much people dive into new technology because it's cool and interesting and then stop using it. Everybody was getting voice assistance, nobody could name me why they had it, for everybody was a Christmas gift, and everybody stopped using it after a while.
0: So voice assistants,
1: would that be like Google Home, um, Amazon, Alexa products? They were actually only Google Home and Amazon Beep products because they have small versions, cheap versions, and that's how they became the perfect Christmas gift. It happened last year. It happened this year.
0: So another good design challenge there of understanding who your audience is. And when they purchase it, they're not necessarily always going to use it. That being said, I think every designer, and I suffered this—I suffered from this so much when I was at Microsoft, you think you know who's using your products. And when you actually get to see it, you still put blinders on a bit because you don't want to admit it. But I have to make a call to designers to really get out in the field much more than i know every single designer is we have the luxury of having clients that send us around the world you don't have to go around the world that's okay but please at least understand a little bit about the people you are trying to sell to and if
1: you say if you tell me you are i'm still going to tell you you're not yeah by the way um if you are thinking about going on a design research project or just a plain old research project anytime soon uh I wrote quite an extensive article on the kit that we take into the field called the Design Research Field Kit. I'm very particular about the stuff that I want to use in the field, and so are people that work at Raft. We know what camera and lenses we want and why, what microphones. If you're interested in that, go to raftcollective.com. There will be an article on the top called the Design Research Field Kit.
0: Good plug. I always... Forget those. We will have actually a lot more articles coming in Q1 and Q2 on design research because we had the luxury of doing so many of these programs last year. We really wanted to share everything that we learned coming out of last year. I think the last thing I want to touch upon with the Zuckerberg Post, and I will read this verbatim quote, but there's a personal challenge for me here too. I'm an engineer, and I used to just build out my ideas and hope they'd mostly speak for themselves. But given the importance of what we do, that doesn't cut it anymore. And going back to what you said, people buy this technology. They think it's interesting, but they can't figure out uses for it in their lives. To me, there is something that is rotten within the application community that people can pump out and create applications so easily. And because it's digital, we can just litter the digital landscape with complete crap applications And you see companies do this more and more. Like, I want to start a revolt against this. There needs to be some sort of
1: gatekeeper who says, your application is just bad. But the thing is, it's wasteful. It creates all these short-term needs for products that we only want because they're new, because they're interesting, because it does something that we could never do. And then after a couple months, it wears off. We're creating hardware that ends up in the trash. We're creating hardware that ends up not having a service anymore that powers it. We end up having... Employees that spend lots and lots of hours in offices making crap that we throw in a big pile.
0: Let me do you one better because you're talking about the hardware that actually ends up in landfills. There is the software that takes my time, right? You have taken yeah. my time away from me because you want me to use something and I am investigating it and, and I am invested in it. So stop producing both digital and physical crap. Let's work with the companies, especially if you're in a consultancy, to figure out how to make these things better. So speaking of working on products and working with companies, rolling into uh, the second topic because both Hus and I were, I would say, aghast at what (laughs) we read in the last few days. Hus, I think both you and I can agree that any really great product in today's terms should have privacy and security and an understanding of what they are going to do with your data at the heart of that product, and yet, here we are.
1: So tell us. Exactly, so what product would you want to be the most private? What type of product needs to have privacy at its core?
0: Uh, I would say it is probably the security cameras that I have inside
1: my house, including my bedroom and my living room. Exactly, so there is a rumor now, and I actually don't care if it's true or not, it could be true, and that's where the crux of the problem is for me. So the rumor is about Ring, the company that makes uh, camera-enabled doorbells, and I think also in-house security cameras. Where the rumor tells that engineers at Ring could just log into people's home feeds by only knowing their email address or sign-up name. So engineers at Ring had access to people's private feeds because they, allegedly, the, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, because they run the servers and therefore they can log into anything. They don't need the password because they have the master key. Now, my problem is that you're selling a security solution and people assume that the company selling the security solution is also secure.
0: So I'll do you want better with that because there is also the article on AT&T, a US-based company, selling location data... Where the black people, market? Yeah, where people could get their hands on it who had no right to handle such information, and in the report, there's an article on this, I believe, on the Washington Post, where they talk about uh, they worked with a bounty hunter, and within within a few hours, the bounty hunter could figure out where this reporter was down to a few hundred meters. Yeah, right, and like uh, that, and uh, so people are calling for an investigation of this. And then the best is the rebuttal. And I can't remember if it was T-Mobile because was a few, a few different companies are doing this. Uh, if it was T-Mobile or AT&T that put out this press release, but it said something along the lines of, we are certainly not doing it and we are, we are sunsetting all of those services in March. And you're like, yeah. wait, wait,
1: wait um, <laughs> you're not doing something that you're going <laughs> to stop doing.
0: It was a really, really sort of dubious um, press release statement that, uh, you know, I love, Well, no, I'm sorry, let me back up. I hate GDPR. I find like GDPR is the three-year-old child that is trying to help the mother cook, but is clearly this drop in ingredients everywhere. It was a great idea, but it's created by people who I don't feel understand technology enough. That being said, something, some sort of regulation or oversight needs to be in place because it is getting to be to the point that a company like AT&T or Zigo or Vodafone. This is at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs at this point, you can't get a job without internet or a phone or something of that if you live in Europe or North America or many places in Asia, most places in Asia. And so at this point, these companies are basically running amok because they know that somebody does need to keep them in check. So I'm happy that the EU is aiming to do that I just want to see a reform towards that regulation.
1: So here we are talking about regulation again, and, and we can't stress it enough. We know it needs to be there, but I think there's also a design responsibility here. And it actually, not oh, even a oh, responsibility. Yeah, yes, yes. This there's, is a, there's an opportunity, right?
0: There is so much design that needs to be built into the products, and this is the problem with designers: is designers oftentimes look at the UI, and they say, "Well, the UI is what makes the product." No, it does not. And if you yeah. are still thinking that, you are you are hurting. You are making. You are lowering our profession. The design of the product is what people are perceiving it as, how they are using it in their daily lives, the ins and the outs of it. Like this was the Steve Jobs, you know, with Woz uh, soldering the uh, the chips on the circuit board, and Jobs came over
1: and was like, "These are crooked." And he's like, "Yeah, nobody sees it. We know. Yeah.
0: We know that they're there."
1: Right? Exactly. Companies
0: need to start with that point.
1: The thing is, the message is never the words that you speak, but it's the word that people heard. Right? It's whatever people are on the receiving end are saying about you or are doing with your stuff, that's what the design enabled. Whatever your intent was, I don't care. But my point is that people cannot see trustworthiness in a product. They didn't know that their phone stuff, uh, phone location data was being sold because they couldn't see that their phone location data was available at all. These are things that you see on CSI, on television, but you never get into contact with that. Same thing for that Ring camera. How would I know that people at Ring have access to it? And there's all this talk about uh, uh, end-to-end encryption and whatnot, but we cannot see this. How do we make it visible? How can I choose a product where I know, because I understand through how it works, that it cannot be seen? And we recently saw Facebook, uh, here goes Facebook again. (laughs) They released this uh, uh, video chat device called Portal. And you can, you can have an opinion about that. Do you want a Facebook camera in your house or not? What I think was brilliant was that to make it more private, they gave you a clip that you can put on the camera so you for sure know that that camera is not working. So even if that thing has a battery or whatever, you have a physical way of protecting yourself. That is a design where I know 100% that it will work as the user.
0: Well, the, I mean, we have been out in the field, and we have talked to people who unplug their devices and when when my friend came and visited me he hates my my amazon echo device and he actually unplugged mine i said why did you do that he's like because i'm sleeping on your couch and i don't like the fact that it's there (laughs) it's like dude come on like this is this is my house i I use this to turn on
1: my lights he's like not anymore you don't exactly so how can you as a designer show 100 sure that things are working that that unplugging an alexa doesn't Uh, enable a backup battery for that thing to run for the next 36 hours. How do I know that? That's a design challenge.
0: Okay, so let's wrap this up. We we wanted to keep these to about 15 minutes. We're probably at about 20 minutes right now. So starting from right now going backwards, how do you think about designing trust into your system when you're working for companies, understanding that trust, privacy, and security, these are values that a company you know has or they don't have? And how, as a designer, do you show those through the products that you are creating so that you are inherently looking at a product that you trust? And going back to the Zuckerberg post, try not to uh, litter the landscape with digital crap. Yeah. You know, Try to do a little bit better than that. And that if you have any chance, and, and I, I mean any chance, on your vacations or anything else, get out, visit other countries, do your best to engage in conversation with people, just talk to them, ask them about what they're using, about what their technology is, because you will learn so amazingly much from that. So, Hulus, anything to add to that quick wrap-up? No, that was perfect. It's good to be back, and uh, let's keep on doing these. It is great to be back. We will be back again next week Thank you so much again to our podcast editor, who's finally gonna get back to hearing our melodious voices. Woo-hoo. Yes, hi Lena. Good old, good old shout out right at the end of the podcast. Chus! I will talk to you next week. Bye, man. Later, man.